The Nuffield Department of Medicine teamed up with Science Oxford Live for their healthy season in spring 2013. Dr Diane Newbury answered your questions on specific language impairment. And then the other child spoke quite quickly. So what about in family environments? Like? So this is the, thing, the other thing about a complex genetic model that we expect environment to play a part. But in terms of environment and SLI, there have been lots and lots of studies that have been done that try to identify environmental factors which increase your risk of SLI. But actually language, normal language, is very, very robust. Um, children can be in very, very language poor environments and still develop language. I mean, I, I school, so. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, so this is something else that, w that we'd like to investigate and we're trying to investigate on the Robinson Crusoe population because we have that extra third of children who have language impairments and a lot of them drop out of the SLI criteria because they don't have normal intelligence. But it, it's hard. I don't, what we do is we say children with an IQ of below 80 cannot have SLI. And you think, well, why not? <laughs> but really, I think that's from a research and diagnostic point of view. What we're saying is, from a research point of view, we'd like to select those children who have language impairments and that are really unexpected. Um, and from a diagnostic point of view, those children who have lower IQ probably have more pressing needs in terms of their other developmental concerns. Um, and I think probably that's why it's defined in that way. So a lot of the children that we see have quite high IQ score, non-verbal IQ scores. I would like to think that if we can start to identify the genes and the biological pathways, then we would have a better understanding of why these children have speech and language impairments. Because everybody I've spoken to so far says, well, we don't really know why. We don't know why one child in a family has speech and language impairment and another one doesn't. Um, and we don't really know why one child with a speech and language impairment looks different from another. Do they have different speech and language impairments? Would they benefit from different ki kinds of therapies? We don't know. So. I would like to think that our research would help in that basic level of understanding and then the diagnostic and therapies can be built upon that that will then have knock-on effects for those affected individuals. Does that imply that there's no real therapy for this at the moment? There's blanket speech and language therapy which some children benefit from and others don't and again we don't really we can't really predict which children will benefit from it. Did your research go next then? So we'd like to identify more genes. That was one example, quite a nice example of the, of, uh, that gave a story. But we think, well, for autism, currently the estimate is that there's about 100, 200 genes which contribute to autism. So we think there's a lot more genes and variants to be identified. And once we've got a critical number of genes, we can start to understand the relationships between them. So we'd like to do more in-depth studies of larger samples, um, more in-depth studies of the Robinson Crusoe population and try and relate those to each other.